Welcome to the Behind the Bliss podcast, where Rachel Autry brings weekly conversations to encourage, inspire, storytell, and share. Each episode is designed for you to feel met in your mess and balanced in your bliss. Here's today's conversation. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of Behind the Bliss. Today's episode is an amazing one. It's way overdue, and I wish we would have talked about it way sooner, but better late than never, right? We are diving in to God's Word. We are discussing how to read God's Word, how it was intended to be read, the importance of context, an incredible application and practical tool for those that might be new to reading the Bible, and to mature believers that have been here for a while but just might need a way to spruce it up, understand context, and have a heart of understanding once again. Whether you are a new believer or an older believer or anywhere in between, this episode is for you. The Heart of Hope Blanton and Chris Gordon are amazing. They actually co-authored a few different Bible studies that walk through certain books of the Bible in a commentary type of way with some follow-up practical questions to help you with your personal application of what you read. They are extremely equipped and qualified to talk about this topic. Between seminary, working in the counseling field, these two women know what it takes to have these hard conversations, to guide you in truth, and to point you towards Christ. There's a lot of information out there about reading the Bible, how to do it, how to do it well, how long should you take, where should you start, and these women answer the questions with tons of grace, truth, love, and light. So if this topic interests you, I recommend to keep playing. It's a fun and spunky conversation where I ask the questions I can imagine you're thinking in your head. And I also ask some personal questions. What do you say about this? How would you recommend I fill in the blank? And they give incredible answers. These two women have together created an amazing thing called At His Feet Studies, where like I said, they create different Bible studies for different books of the Bible that help you in your reading time. It can be an intimidating thing, but these ladies break it down in today's episode and give you some helpful tricks moving forward. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Hope and Chris. Hey friends, welcome to Behind the Bliss. This is really fun. I love having two guests at once. It feels almost just like a party online. It is a party online. Here we are starting the party. Here we are. All of us together. I love it. Different different closets across America. Yes. That's right. That's it. I was about to say, if people actually knew. Good thing this is not video. Oh my gosh. I know. That's right. That would be horrifying. And I, it's like, yeah, I totally have this rigged. I'm like, if people only knew. If they only knew. That's right. I was just going to say, I got, I got like old stretch pants and like socks next to my head. But I think you mean St. Louis. I'm in St. Louis in my closet upstairs. Yeah. Yes. And I am in San Antonio in the closet downstairs, <laughs> surrounded by all kinds of things. And I'm like, why haven't we folded the laundry? That's what I'm thinking right now. Right. <laughs> yeah. And I am in Birmingham, Alabama in my guest room, which is funny because I feel like you never really go in your guest room if you right. have one, yes. unless you're like getting ready for guests or whatnot. So it's really odd being in right. here. It <laughs> feels like that one poor room that always gets ignored. Yeah. Sorry. We're like yep. storing Christmas presents or, you know, strange things happening. Yeah. Yes. 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 Strange things. Oh, yes. yeah. Um, or all of my husband's military gear is just like stuffed in a corner because he's gone and I would love to clean it up. But <laughs> I know that I'm going to like touch it and it's going to be put in the wrong place and he's going to need it. And be like, right. what did I do with it? Because I'm already losing my mind. Right. So I might not do I'm, It's not a good idea to do anything actually important right That's now. Right. That's right. So <laughs> it's just a big pile. I'm like, oh. 
Man, can't wait for you to get home and help me clean this up. Just shut the door, though. It's your guest room. You don't have to look at it. Until I do interviews. Oh, right. That's right. And then I start to sweat. You might need a blindfold. You might need a blindfold. Yeah. Just put a big blanket over it. There you go. It doesn't exist. There you go. Exactly. That's it. Exactly. Okay. So for people that might not know who Hope and Chris are, do you mind taking a second just to introduce yourselves to all of our friends? Sure. Um, I am Hope Planton, and I am a mom and a wife. I have three kiddos, two teenage girls, and then a, gosh, how old is my son? 11-year-old son. Um, And I am a therapist in San Antonio, and I am half of the writing team, or whatever you want to call it, co-author for At His Feet Studies. And I'm Chris. I am also married, um, and I also have three children. I have a 14-year-old boy and then a 12-year-old girl who is sadly sandwiched in the middle, and then a 9-year-old boy (laughs) and two dogs. And um, I live in St. Louis, and I'm the intake coordinator for a large counseling practice, and I'm the other half of At His Feet Studies. I love that we have two women who can, like, really dive into some conversation. Also, do you mind me asking how in the world, which we might get into this, actually, spoiler alert, they wrote a really cool book slash Bible study. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, I'm like, how how do you write something like that yeah. together? I'm such an in-person person. I can't imagine. Is right. it just all Google Drive? <laughs> yes. It's well, it's a lot of, of that. Drive. But we didn't start separate. I think Hope should tell the story because she's better at storytelling. Well, we, yeah, we didn't start separate. We, we started out in the same town and we were in the same church. And so we were writing it just for our women. And so that was easy because it was like, hey, we would see each other in person. But since then, I mean, that was for two of our studies, but for five of them, because we're about to um, publish our seventh, they have all been Google Docs. But you know what it really is? It's Voxer. God mm-hmm. bless the person who invented Voxer because we Vox constantly. So it's kind of like... I don't know how we would work. It's like a walkie-talkie. Yes. It totally isn't. And I don't know how we would live in different cities if Google Docs and Voxer didn't exist. I think at his feet would just fold. Like, I don't know. <laughs> you know, I don't think it, I don't think it could go any other way because it's, yeah. But I do think, gosh, it's kind of sad that we don't live in the same town for lots of reasons. But um, vocationally, yeah, there's challenges. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I can imagine. Well, they're, both of those are amazing for collaboration. Yeah. And I think Voxer is just for fun too, with friends on different yeah. time zones. I have most of my family are Eastern standard time. So between Voxer and Marco Polo, we stay in touch real well because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no one gets offended if I Vox you at 11 o'clock my time, yes. midnight yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. It's fine. Right. Yeah. Right. Okay. So I already spoiled it, but would you tell us also about this Bible study that you wrote and maybe the heart behind why you wrote it? Because we have we have a lot of fun Bible studies that we like to talk about on Behind the Bliss, but I think this one is really unique and special because it's very it's less topical and coming straight from I mean, it's just excerpts from the Bible, which is really unique and I love and that's how I like to study the Bible. So it's I think this is going to be a cool conversation about what it looks like to dive into God's word. But before mm-hmm. we do, I would love to hear how in the world did this even get birthed? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, yeah. thanks for saying that. That's encouraging. I, I think we, so Hope and I, you know, the story is that Hope was looking for 
some Bible, we had a really young church and she was looking for something that was accessible that wouldn't necessarily have like four or five days of homework, but, but we didn't want it to be any less deep or any less content. We just wanted people to be able to, to finish it and feel like, you know, they didn't run out of time. And so, yeah. So we have these different backgrounds. I do work for a counseling agency, but I am not a counselor. So I went to seminary actually. And part of why I went was because I, I was an undergrad chemistry major and my, my brain is just wired in such a way that I need to understand the, the foundational principles. I need to get to the first building blocks of something or else I'm not going to trust it or understand it. So when I started seminary, my, I didn't really have like, I want to do this on the other side. I just knew I was a fairly new Christian about five years. And I just knew I need to start with the biblical languages because I need to understand why did they translate it this way? Why did they use these words? How did they know what the context was? How do you, how do you choose a hermeneutic? Uh, like, how do we interpret anything? How do we know what we know? I had all these questions and I sort of a, approached scripture the same way I would approach organic chemistry or analytical chemistry in that I needed to understand where the first basic building block was. And so now when we write together, that's my part is I write the commentary portion and I almost always spend some time, you know, like we're, we're just finishing a series on Luke right now. And, um, we just finished, um, well, we're not quite all the way done putting it together, but, you know, I almost always spend some time in the original language of whatever we're writing. And it's, it's not like the translation that you have, the ESV, the NIV, whatever it is. It's not like it's in, inaccurate. It's not. It's totally representational of the Greek. But sometimes there are Greek words that will give you some real insight into why, why did they use yes. them and what other meanings are there. And, you know, Jesus does these word plays and like he'll link something to another conversation. And in English, you're not always going to catch it. And so that is, that's my portion is the commentary. Um, and also, you know, I, so if you think about theology, there's systematic theology and there's biblical theology and they're not totally opposite of each other, but systematics being, you know, what you're talking about more like topical, like somebody will say, let's talk about sex in the Bible and everywhere the Bible talks about sex and pull it out in a topical way and do an overall study, which is great. Lots of people do it. But the way my brain works is more like the story. So biblical theology is more like full picture of redemption, you know, creation, fall, redemption, restoration. Where does this fit in that whole story? And where have we heard murmurs of it in the Old Testament, if you're talking about the new? Where have there been types of sh and shadows before that we may have heard of that we can link to this and understand more fully what we're reading now? That's the kind of stuff that makes me excited. And so that's yeah. my portion. But I tend to be very heady and more like academic. And that's where hope is like a godsend because <laughs> she will make you link it to your heart. I mean, she is made to be a counselor. I love so that. I'm going to make her talk about that. The cool thing about this is it's, it's like all about context. And I think mm -hmm. a lot of times when I read, I'll just speak personally, like I was in the word this morning and I read a verse that I'm very familiar with and it had the word no in it, K-N-O-W. Mm -hmm. And the more I like sat on it, the more I was like, you know, what? I have, it's funny we're having a conversation. I thought I have my own definition of, in my mind, just what I've grown up in the Western world, knowing this word no as, and mm -hmm. to me, it means like to understand and, and like information. Right. Mm -hmm. But the, the way that it was meant 
based on my study Bible to be interpreted was to know like a heart knowledge, like to mm-hmm. understand, to have grace for, to like know intricately the good and the bad and still accept. Like that was the no it meant. And so I think to, like you're saying exactly, like, to go back to the root meaning and to go back to how it was intended could mean something completely different than how it's so easy just to jump and skip over mm-hmm. if we read it the way we would want to right. understand mm-hmm. it. Right, right. Which is why I think it's so fun to geek out and be like, okay, no, what's the – I mean, for example, the word praise. Mm-hmm. There's one There's one word for tons of meanings in English, and it's praise. But, how, I mean, you might know the answer, but there's like a few different words, like Hebrew words for – right what praise actually is. There's tons of types of praises, but we only have one word. Right. <laughs> and so, to, you know, I just feel a little constricted. Come yeah, on, English, come right. on. So it's like fun to go back. <laughs> and yeah, I'm like, yeah, get in that headspace. Be like, it's just neat to know context. But hope, yeah, I want to hear how you add to this ball game. Yeah, well, and, and Rachel, you just saying the word context, like that is so huge and a huge part of why we write the studies the way we do. Because both Chris and I, prefer to study that way, zoomed in, in context, you know, not just the original languages, but the original historical context. Like we were like joking years ago about like, what is that? And we don't have that. And, you know, I mean, there's just so many things that they would have, the people, you know, of Jesus day would have been like, oh yeah, I know what you're talking about. But like, just like they wouldn't know what an iPhone is or anything. So, so there it's, it does matter. And it doesn't mean that, like Chris said, it doesn't mean that you can't read your Bible on your own, you know, by the, because of the Holy Spirit and all these things, but that there is this rich, deep richness when you take the context, the, the historical languages, um, and and dig in and find out all the all the stuff. And so that is why we're like, oh, so I'm like, let's zoom in, like mm-hmm. Chris, give like this, like uh, I don't even know how to put it, but just this rich meal. You know what I mean? And then like, I kind of like Chris jokes, I'm like the fork and the knife that like helps them cut it up and get it into their mouth. Like (laughs) it's so, it's so, that's brilliant. And so with, with me, you know, for me, I'm always about like the practical theology. Okay. Where does the ball meet the bat? Where does, where do we take this, you know, knowledge that we've been given and this interaction we're having with the scripture and, you know, the commentary and all that, like, where do we take that and deal and, and have the spirit deal with our own hearts, you know, have that reflected back like a mirror. Um, and what does that mean? Cause it's so easy to check the box and be like, da, 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 you know, fill in the blanks, just kind of a, as we say, Sunday school answer or whatever. Um, but we wanted to be like these questions to be like, not so fast. You need to stop and really look here. And, and so, and really ask, and Jesus is such a great question asker. So anyway, that's, that's kind of why we did it. We wanted, we always joke that my brain plus, plus Chris's brain equals a whole brain. So it's like her seminary training and my counseling, you know, it's, it's our partnership um, that God has crafted these studies through. Like, I think if you took one away, it would feel kind of emaciated, you know, it just wouldn't feel as like it, it wouldn't do its work in the same way, I don't think. And so yeah. um, it's definitely the combination. And and we really, we didn't want to do topical because, and it doesn't mean we won't ever do something topical because we wanted to do verse 
by verse because it's all in there, right? And so often people will like fly over text or, and there's all a place for all those different things, but we really wanted to be like, okay, let's go verse by verse through these books. That's good. You are saying the word commentary. And so just to make sure that listeners and us are all on the same page, would one of you guys define commentary? Just want to make sure this is like all digestible to people from lots of different walks. So traditionally in the theological world of writing, especially in the world of academia, there's a whole subset of literature called commentaries. So for any, if you, if you went into a theological library and sometimes in any public library, if you go and say, I'm going to say, for example, I'm going to look at the book of James. If you look for what's called a commentary, there are just scholars who have written books. They have commented usually verse by verse by verse on each verse of a biblical book And what they almost always, if it's a good commentator, they've started with the original languages. They've read the church fathers like Jerome and Augustine and, you know, all these people, Calvin and people who studied long before us so that we are understanding and having a perspective over the span of hundreds of years, not just our own 21st century perspective. And then they write comments about the word of God. And they, they're just helping us to understand it. And it's always verse by verse. So when we started writing, that that is such a helpful structure for me to think through. And so I thought, you know, if we're going to write, I want to write in the same structure that a commentary would be structured. You start with verse one and you go all the way to the end and you make comments along the way. So that's the portion that I write. And I would I, I set it up just like the commentaries that I read. There's more of a larger message here that I want to get into. But you guys have written... Bible studies. Is that what you call them? Like Bible yeah, studies? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So you've write, written these studies on First Samuel, Romans, Philippians, Psalms, and Luke. You had a part one. Now you have a part two. And I think I saw that you guys were working on part three. Yes. Right. That's exciting. That's right. It'll yeah. be out in July. Yeah. So it's literally done. The writing's done. We're Now we're doing all the crazy stuff wow. behind the scenes. And we really, I mean, that is part of why we start, why, why we both feel passionate about them is that there's there's this whole world right there's this academic world that has I mean Mm -hmm. volumes of information and things you can learn about the word of God but so so much of it is is it's stuck in theological libraries and it they it uses words and concepts that are really sometimes if you've not been familiar with them hard to understand so it's really fun for us to say, let's put them in a way that is accessible, that you can read and understand that doesn't feel archaic and like I have to take a class to understand it. And it doesn't take so long that, oh my gosh, I just, I can't tackle that because I have 418 yeah. other things to do today. You know what I mean? Right. Because there's, it, it, it is useful and it is practical. And, you know, if, especially if you have somebody like Hope who Oftentimes, when I get finished writing my portion, I send it to her and she'll send her questions back to me. I start reading them. I'm like, oh my gosh, I don't want to answer these questions. I actually have to deal with my heart. I don't want to do it. Oh yeah, the 18 inch connection. (laughs) Right. I'll send it back to her and I'll say something like, "Um, hey, we need to change this language so like a fifth grader could read this. Like, you know what I mean? Like we don't need to, I mean, that's our point is we want to make it really easily digestible to every woman. You know, no matter where they're at, whether they just became a believer yesterday, whether they're not one or whether they've been one for 50 years, like we want to hit all those touch points. And so we definitely, we've like taken a lemon and made lemonade. Like, I don't know how else, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Love it. And so it's kind of yeah. like, we've, we've added the sugar in the water and we've made it to like, oh, this tastes good, you know, as opposed to like, oh, this is sour. So it's, it just, we've just tried to do that because 
we're all doing all kinds of different jobs and have all kinds of different lives. And not all of us are going to go to seminary, want to go to seminary or ever want to read one of those big books. So, but we, but, but for believers, we all want to know the Bible. And so this is just kind of like the bridge. We want to be the bridge between these worlds. I love it. It's perfect. And I think it's what we really need because there are women, I mean, I'm one of them that I'm like, I want to know the word. I want to dive in and understand that context we were talking about earlier, but I also want it to be so applicable. I don't want to walk away thinking, oh, right. cool, I know something else about like the Roman Empire. Right. <laughs> you know, like I want it to be like, right. okay, I can actually yes. become closer to Jesus today because of this. And right. um, I can't always say that that happens, but because I'm missing a lot of that context, I think that's what's so neat about the way your studies are laid out is it gives you the commentary, the walkthrough, the play-by-play per se, and then it gives a follow-up like, hey, let's heart nudge you in this direction. Have you considered this? And right. so if people are wanting that um, type of Bible study, you guys are an incredible way. At His Feet Studies are an incredible way to go about that. And I kind of want to take this because you've done this really well. You've understood this idea of what it looks like to dive into like just biblical culture, understanding a bigger picture, a larger perspective with wisdom. What would you say to the woman who is just so intimidated <laughs> that maybe hasn't quite gotten her hands on an At His Feet Studies, but plans on it. But right now, like tomorrow morning, wants to open her Bible, is so intimidated, but just like, I, and I don't want this to come across weird, but like always results to a devotional rather Mm -hmm. than just like being confident enough to open up, let's say the book of Luke and just start reading Mm -hmm. and still digest truth Mm -hmm. from it. Does that make sense? I hope it didn't come across weird because I love devotionals. Like they're amazing. I think they can be Mm -hmm. an incredible aid and resource, but at the end of the day, that's not why we do time with the Lord. It's Right. To open up the Bible. Mm-hmm. Right. So what would you say to the girl who's just intimidated to open up the Bible and maybe has used these devos as maybe a crutch? Sure. Mm-hmm. I think I would say it it will help to ask a couple of, of questions of the text. And um, like uh, one of the things that if uh, anybody who starts seminary, which you don't have to go to seminary to hear this, what the, what you, the impression that you will get over and over as you attend class after class is that one of the biggest things we have to keep in mind when we read the Bible is the way that you are going to hear them most effectively is if you hear them through the ears of the original listeners. So, you know, even like you're talking about this morning with your, with your study Bible, I think what, what we like to do, and I mean, even what I like to do that is not helpful is we want to skip anything other than our personal day to day. We don't want to do any of the work that comes before it. But what we miss is that, what Hope is talking about, that richness. And so, and you don't necessarily need, you don't need a degree, you don't need a commentary. I mean, some of the things, if you open the book of Luke, let's let's just think, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm just thinking through the first chapter. Some of the things that Luke does for you, if let's say we use new eyes, and instead of thinking, what does God want to say to me personally today? First, let's, we got, we got to answer that question. But I think that's not the first question we answer. Mm-hmm. What if you first just go through it and ask, you know, what did he lay out for us? There's a reason that God has put the particulars in his word that he has. Well, if you look through the first chapter of Luke, one of the first things he does is he tells you who's writing it and to whom. And then he starts laying out like Luke gives like six historical particulars in like the first six verses of his whole book. Why did he do that? Well, I think even if you made a list and started saying like, who does he mention? 
where is it? When did this thing happen? I mean, those kind of things, those observational questions, you don't necessarily need to read somebody else for, but they start, they start focusing you in and on particular place and time. And those are the people that Luke was, was writing to. And you can learn lots of things just from mm-hmm. reading the text carefully and slowly and with those eyes, just the facts, you know, the who mm-hmm. and the what and the when, who's he writing to? Why did he do it? Can you cross-reference anything? Are there other places in the Bible that this person is mentioned? I mean, there's a ton that you can do just right there that you don't have to, you don't have to know languages. You don't have to read special books for those things. If we mm-hmm. slow down and look for them, there's there's a lot that you can learn right there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, too, like reminding that woman, you know, that God is more, uh, it's more important to him that he communicates his word to you than it is to you. So it's like he is going to find a way to open your mind to understand the scriptures through his spirit, through people around you. And so even if it feels really weird or uncomfortable or I mean I remember that when I was a first Christian I was like people are saying turn to John whatever and I was like I don't even know where that is and I used to turn to the front of my Bible and I was embarrassed because everyone seemed to know where John was or you know um but over time like he will pursue and do that and so it's just like just like Chris said just keep coming to it asking those questions and you know starting with what's in the text then working out to what are you trying to say to me, Lord? And, and, and not, and not be embarrassed to ask people, you know, what does this mean? Or I was so confused or I don't even know what they just said, or, you know, I mean, and just kind of being, um, not embarrassed and trusting that God is really committed to, he's going to use his word in your life. So even if it feels confusing, just kind of hang with it, keep pressing in because he has an agenda and he's going to, he's going to do it for you through that process, you know? That is so good. And it's, yes, it's relevant. Even when you just want to like write it off, it's right. still, it's still written for Rachel Hope and Chris right. and everybody else listening. You know, it's, it's relevant. And, um, I was actually, who was it? I think it was my friend Mari. I have to give him a shout out. Um, was telling my husband and I about just Jesus even becoming a rabbi and how we can quickly glance over that and be like, okay, like they called him rabbi great like it was just another title he had here on earth when no actually if we understand like the culture and what it took for Jesus to become a rabbi we can gain even so much more intimacy with God knowing that like he went through the hoops and like he you know was excellent and even that and so it it was neat when he was telling us all of this and how even just like the schooling worked like the Jewish school system and what it actually took to become a rabbi and how the fishermen that he ended up making his disciples had actually basically flunked out, which is why they resulted to <laughs> being fishermen because they didn't make it through the school yeah. system, basically. And so they they were just normal tradesmen. And But the neat thing about Jesus making them his disciples is they he gave them a second chance. And how often, like even just how Jesus came up with his 12 disciples is so ordained and beautiful and grace-driven that it's easy to overlook it how we not understood the context. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's just one example of how, I don't know, intimately, I feel like I know, I, it just opened up a whole new lens and perspective of who mm-hmm. I know God to be in my life because I was able to put my feet on the ground there mm-hmm. instead of be so, you know, inside my own world here that I'm like, rabbi, whatever. Right, you know, right, And right. I'm like, no, no, I actually <laughs> can stop me. Like, thank you, Lord, for like picking me up out of my circumstance and turning me from fisherman to fisher of men. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just like yes. random small things. I think I just would want to scream for the masses. Like there is so much 
so much character within that context if we just lean in and do that work yeah yeah there's like treasures yeah like a treasure hunt (laughs) i would say too the other thing i was thinking like um hope kind of mentioned this but you know for for hundreds of years of christian history the only way people would have ever heard the bible was in community you know it like this individual we only study the bible by ourselves is 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 a little bit more new and so you know, and so much of God's word, if you think about like Ephesians, all the one another's and all, all the, there's so much of it that is just assumed that you're talking about it in community. And so never be afraid to ask or to, you know, it doesn't even have to be a pastor, just somebody who's maybe been a Christian longer than you. Never be afraid to ask. Good. It's, yeah. it's, it's helpful to study it in community. It's, it's meant to be done that way. You don't always have to do it that way, but but yeah, it's, you'll help each other. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Have y'all read Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin? Yes. Yeah. That was a really helpful book. Yeah. No, I haven't. That one I haven't read. Okay. Um, we talk about it often within my, my friend group mm-hmm. just because I think it gives really good blueprint for reading the Bible. And yes, it's really neat hearing you guys talk because it's very, very similar. And I think that that's where I'm like, oh. Because <laughs> yeah. it's always really awkward. We get a lot of different ideas, oh, I bet. <laughs> different ways to go about it. You're like, okay. Um, so it's it's neat because um, she talks in the very first chapter. She says, "Let's just set the record straight. You're not reading your Bible and spending time in the Word to get to know yourself better, or to even be convicted. Like you're spending time in the Word first and foremost to get to know God and your Creator and." in order to grow intimacy with him. Mm-hmm. And I think that even like reading the Bible with those lens can just take away all the intimidations because it's like, okay, I'm not reading this to become, I mean, yes, to become a better Rachel. Absolutely. But that's not like my goal in this very moment. This very moment is for me to know my father and to read about him and his creation and stories and his son and all these things. And so reading it with that lens has also really helped me strip away the intimidation factor Because at the end of the day, like, I will always walk away knowing at least one thing, whether it's random, small in my mind, or a huge revelation. Like, it doesn't matter. I just, that is what is transformative. Not reading, like, love one another and then actually, like, loving people better those days. Like, that, that's great, again. But I think what's most transformative and what actually makes the connection to our heart is those moments we know God Mm -hmm. better than we did before we even opened Mm -hmm. it. That's right. Would you guys say that that's something that you'd pray for your readers too? Yeah, it's like, I think exactly what you're describing. There's like two, two ways, main ways people come to the Bible. They come to want to know about themselves and then they work out to try to figure out who God is. And then there's people that come to the Bible to want to know God. And then that works out for them to know who they are, you know? And so it's got to start with God and then work out to self as opposed to start with self and work out to God. And so Mm-hmm. that's why we structure our studies the way we do too, where it's like, let's dive into the text. Let's just get some basic stuff down. Who, Some fifth grade, who, what, what, where, you know, when you're in elementary school, your teacher asks you to write about that. And so just looking at that and then we go verse by verse and then we go to ourselves, you know, of like, okay, we'll apply it to you. So it's, you know, and I, th- I think that um, it can be really dangerous, right? To come to the Bible and just be like, I'm going to, I want to hear like a horoscope or something about my day, you know, and then work out to, and then I'm going to build, <laughs> right, yeah. then, cause then you kind of start to build your own image of who you think God is, as opposed to God is going to show me who he is. 
And then he's going to build who I am from that. And so it's just a different, totally different way to do it. Um, and, and so I think that, you know, exactly like you were talking about Jen Wilkin in that book, that's exactly, uh, what she mentioned, you know, and also what she talks about in the book too, just kind of like this flyover view of the Bible and then this scooting in. So there are a lot of Bible studies that do the flyover and there's a lot of benefit to that. Kind of what Chris was saying earlier, you know, where they look at the whole, you know, or we're sweeping over or, you know, a whole book that's really big. And then there's the zoomed in lens, you know, we're kind of the zoomed in category. Um, but both are super beneficial to understanding the whole story of redemption. Yeah. I love it. That's good hope. So let's say someone, I just feel like this girl is listening and so I want to speak to her. Let's say someone pushed play and on this podcast because it intrigued her about reading the Bible Mm -hmm. and how to do it well and how to walk away with insight. Um, But she maybe is a very new believer and doesn't even know where to start and is playing the flip it open game. Yes. Where would be a good place for her just to start. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, would yeah. you recommend starting Genesis to Revelation mm. and start gospel? I mean, I would love to pick your brain about that. Yeah. I mean, I think you can, but most people get stuck somewhere in Leviticus if they start with Genesis because it, and I'm, <laughs> or numbers with all the or numbers. Like, that's uh-uh, right. And, no. um, you know, we have, we have studies for that, but I think if, let's say if you're just new and you're trying to figure out who is this God or like, how is he different from the sort of caricature of God that I grew up with, maybe, I think the gospels are a great place to go. And, you know, it kind of depends on it. I don't know that it matters which one you start with. You may have a flavor for one more than the other. Like, I love Luke. That's part of why we did it, because it's so gritty. You know, he's so detailed or he's a doctor. He's going to tell you all these details that other people don't. Hope loves John. I mean, she loves Luke, but John is much more spiritual. Um, they're telling you the same story, but they differ, they do it in a different way because they have different personalities, right? So I think, you know, if you start with a gospel, if, let's say if you feel stressed out, this is kind of like the fun part of the gospels. Mark is super to the point and short. So if you're like, oh my gosh, I'm so curious, but I don't have a lot of time, read Mark. It's the same story, but he uses immediately like that word 1400 times because it's like he's in a hurry all the time and it's shorter you know yes so you're on a mission right mm-hmm. so i think you know read the first chapter or the first two chapters of one of the gospels and be like can i you know maybe start there of course i would start with luke because i think it it's the easiest to read and and also the thing about luke is it's the one that most people use for christmas pageants so it's a little bit <laughs> familiar you know it's some words that maybe you've heard before <laughs> yes. and i would say yes First of all, ask the Holy Spirit to come attend his word because he always will. It is his mm-hmm. pleasure to come attend the word. And I'd say second of all, like we said before, find someone to do it with you. Find someone that you trust. Find a pastor. Find a friend. Find a pastor's wife. So, you know, somebody and just tell them. I mean, I can't emphasize enough. I think because both Hope and I were a little bit older when we became believers, mm-hmm. um, you know, we we didn't have parents who were helping us every day read the Bible little by little and have an understanding. So we both have this experience of having other people, peers help us along the way, asking questions. And Mm -hmm. it would, it would be someone's great joy to do that. That's so good. Yeah, absolutely. Have Mm -hmm. someone help you, guide you, direct you. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And even honestly, keep you accountable because there's days I flip it open. I'm like, 
<sighs> yes. Okay. You know, and then there's yes. days I'm like, oh, I yeah. cannot wait. Coffee cannot be made fast enough. Yeah. I am craving That's my right. time. So right. it's like, also, I think the person that can also be like, this is bigger picture. I know you don't feel like it, but let's show up to yeah. And and the and the flip open method, here's the danger of that. It's not like what you're going to flip open to and read isn't true. But it's like, if you're going to hear it out of context, you're not necessarily going to hear the intention of what the words were made for. So here, here's my mm-hmm. illustration mm-hmm. of that, That's that good. a professor told me, and I think it's so helpful, is let's say you're in your house, you've invited over five friends, and ad- in the middle of all your conversation, you suddenly say, I think we should have a great party on Saturday. You're all invited. And then one of those friends goes and like tweets out to a thousand other friends. Chris said, I think we should have a party Saturday. You're all invited. Well, the people who read the tweet are going to understand that they think they're invited to my house. Same words. They didn't change my words, but they've taken them totally out of context. So they mean something different. You see what I'm saying? So part of why Mm, we read verse by verse and why we at least situate what we read just in the, you know, read a few verses before and a little bit after is because we want to make sure that we're hearing what God intended for us to hear in his word. That's why we don't flip open. It's not that it's not true. It's just that we want to make sure we hear his intention in those words. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yes, absolutely. That is a genius way to describe it. <laughs> I am copying and pasting oh, that. Oh, good. Absolutely. Do it. It's not mine. <laughs> it is in my notes, in my phone, and in my brain right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's brilliant. I think that this is so good. It has given so many really great practicals and next steps and – I think just some direction because this is just so vague Mm -hmm. and no one wants to say this is how you do it because again like it is a personal relationship with Jesus and so it can be tricky and I think even sometimes dangerous to be like this is how you're supposed to read the Bible Mm -hmm. black and white because there is a lot of gray um with holidays you know like uh, like you're saying Christmas pageants you're gonna want to read Luke like Mm -hmm. and, and like do you read chronologically or just Genesis. I mean, there's just a lot of opinions. So Mm -hmm. to get a, Hey, here's a bigger picture. Here's actually how to grow closer to the Lord through this, which is our ultimate goal. And then be able to digest it and apply it to our lives, which is another amazing goal. Mm -hmm. This is just, I guess, shine a lot of light on that path because it can just like I said in the beginning be so intimidating and Mm -hmm. because of it people just tap out out of fear they're like well never mind like I'll get fed on Sunday at church and instead of just saying like no this is diligent this is my own relationship with the Lord this is not me my pastor and Jesus this is me this is Rachel and Jesus Mm -hmm. right um at the end of the day and so I just think this is such a beautiful conversation that needed to be had and we had it and I'm so grateful I'm like pumped I'm like I cannot wait to send this to all my friends that are new believers because I can't tell you how many times I have friends ask like how do you spend time in the word and I'm like oh man yeah 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 it feels so intimidating Mm -hmm. I mean you know I should say to my kids when they're little like the bible is the only book that is alive you know, I mean, God's word is living and active. So it, so it's just kind of setting it apart and saying, this is, this is special. Like there is something special and it's such a privilege to get to read this. Um, even if it's confusing and even if, you know, you don't, you stumble through it. Um, it's still, there's such a privilege in it, you know, and it's such a powerful thing and that we have it in our hands and in our houses is pretty crazy. But I know that it can be, you know, especially as a new believer, like I remember feeling so, intimidated. And, um, you know, my sister had given me her old Bible and it was like different, just some language. I was like, what, you know, I, I just didn't understand it. It just took me a long time 
to, to just keep kind of chipping away at it and being like, okay, okay. You know, mm-hmm. and showing up, um, and going ahead and being the girl that had to look in the front to find out where everything was. And, you know, um, but it's, you know, it just, it's, God is committed to walking you through this. You're not going to be alone in this. It's not like you're going to have to figure out how to be the best Bible studier. Yeah. I also imagine people are thinking God of being the kind of God that's like, good luck. Have fun, kiddo. Right. What? Here's what's funny. You know, we just finished writing Luke. And, you know, at the end, Chris writes, does this great job of, you know, Jesus at the end, when he comes back to them after he's been resurrected and he asks for some fish, which I think is hilarious. And he's hanging out with them. He's like, hey, y'all, they've already like seen all these things, but they still aren't quite sure. And and then they're like, oh my gosh, it's actually Jesus. He's actually alive. And he's standing in front of us, the disciples, you know? And he said, hey, this had to happen because all these different scriptures, you know, the Psalms, um, what else did it say? The law of Moses, like all these different things had to be fulfilled. And then it says, then he opened their minds so they could understand. So like, There is this huge element of God. Here's Jesus who has walked with these people, you know, shown them all these things. Now is standing in front of them alive after being buried and they watched him die. And he is still having to open their minds to the scriptures to understand. And so it's like, it just shows, wow, like this is really his work and he's committed to it and he wants to do it. Who do you think wants us to understand the Bible? God, (laughs) who do you think what's, you know what I mean? It's, it's not like this thing to check off or feel guilty about. It's like he, he, you know, he did this for us. He's, he's the one that's going to show us just like with prayer, prayer isn't invented. So God feels good. Prayer is invented because he wants to talk with us and commune with us. He invented it so that, you know, so it's, it's a, just the Bible is just another huge pursuit of God pursuing you. He's coming after you. And so it's this tangible reminder sitting there, on the days when you feel you don't do it and the days when you do that he is pursuing you and he is going to show you because he loves you. And that's what people do for, you know, he, he's, he's God, he's our father. And so I just think that like, sometimes I think it can feel like this drudgery or this duty or, and I remember living like that for a while, you know, and as opposed to him communing with us and him pursuing me and him doing this thing for me. Um, and so it was just such a reminder at the end of Luke, just this week when we were writing, and I, I can't remember what question I wrote about it, but like, what does that tell you about the scriptures and the Lord? You know, that, that he is the one helping us understand these things and connect these dots. And I also want to encourage that woman who's just become a believer that this will happen over time until you go to meet the Lord when you die. Like, this isn't like, okay, if you really hit it hard, then you're going to know everything. And, you know, it's, you know, there's things that I remember studying vigorously. You know, I've been a believer 27 years now. And then now God shows it to me again and again and again. We go a deeper layer and a deeper layer and a deeper layer. So it's it's not like you're going to eat that meal once and then you're never going to go back. Like it is, right. you know, you're going to revisit it and it's it's going to get deeper and richer and your understanding of it um, from when you were a believer one day versus 100 days versus 1,000 days he is going to be changing your ability to understand even the same passage that you're reading for the however many times. That's just, that's because he's again, doing it from start to finish. It's not like Jesus saved you. And then you do the rest till you meet him. He's walking you through all of this, including understanding and studying his word, because that that's, that's what the cross was. We could not do it, any of it. So why do we think we could do it now? It's all empowered by him. Preach, girl. Preach it. 
I was about to say, mic drop. <laughs> it's late. La- yes, it's adding the layers that we all need mm-hmm. in our relationship. And it comes with maturity and wisdom and experience. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what, again, just full circle back to y'all's study, why it's so neat is because it is for women in all stages and walks and seasons of life. And so it can be applied once. And I bet I could pick up the same Luke part two study y'all sent me next month. And it means something completely different than it did last month, mm-hmm. just because that's how right. life works. That's what's so beautiful about being living and alive. Right. Chris had a crazy story of that. Like she was teaching Luke part one to a group of women and an older believer who's like in her seventies was like, oh my gosh, like I'm understanding something about Jesus that I thought I knew. Yeah. And you're like, mic drop then, right? Like, it's not because we wrote it a certain way. It's because that's what the text does. So this woman who's known Jesus for 50 years is having another encounter with him. Yeah. And, you know, so. So amazing. Mm -hmm. I would say, Rachel, too, just one thought about, I think Hope and I both want to go hug all your friends who are new believers. But I was just thinking, you know, like one thing you can do that is so um, easy to, I don't, I don't, I don't mean easy, like, oh, it's no problem. I just mean low, low work load is if you feel like if they feel like what they're doing now is just all I'm doing at church. I don't know where to go from there. Almost every, every faithful church service you go to is going to have a sermon. So whatever sermon you hear Monday morning, get up and just read the same text and read the same text all week and ask God, remind me of what I heard in the sermon. Show me more things in this text. Because if it's a good preacher, they're going to give you some of these things. They're going to give you a little bit of context. They're going to give you some application. They're going to observe. They're going to walk you through it. And that's a great place to start. They've already done a lot of that work. And you can go back and, you know, ask God, show me more. Remind me of things you said. That's a great Bible study. That is so good. Yeah. And and, in the inverse of that too, Chris, you know, like, and if you're going to a church where all they're doing is telling stories from the front and they're not really talking about the text and you don't really feel like you're learning anything about the history or anything like that, then maybe it's something that you need to explore looking at other churches and how they preach, because that's, that's something too, right? Like that, you know, so that you want to be getting fed and, and hearing some of these things sprinkled in there doesn't mean that the pastor can't tell a good story or be a great communicator, but you also want man, is he telling me what this means in context? Because I need him to. He's mm-hmm. been to seminary. I need him to tell me because right. I haven't been, yeah. right? That's why I'm here. Yeah. I mean, it's because, you know, for him to shepherd me in that. And so it's like, if you feel like you're getting none of that, then that's also maybe, hey, maybe I need to look around and find a place that that is talking more deeply about the scriptures. So good. Uh, can you guys come to Birmingham after COVID-19? Yes, girl. We would yes. love to go. <laughs> I, I'll show y'all some sweet tea. I'm sure y'all have sweet tea too, but you yeah, know, Birmingham know. barbecue or something. We can all chat and, yes. oh, I could talk about us for forever. Yes. I just have such a heart and we can, I mean, I love this podcast because it's so topical. And so mm-hmm. we've had women come on the show and talk about everything. I, I mean, love we, it. I don't know, depending on when this airs, we have or have not had our 100th episode, Yay, but we're very, very wow. close. And Yay. so I'm thinking like literally 100 topics, yes, right? And this yes. is probably one of the first we've talked about actually opening the word. And so I'm just literally so on fire because mm-hmm. it's can't you just we can't avoid it. And I think mm-hmm. that that's where the enemy would want to just mm-hmm. be like, no, 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 look this way, this way, mm-hmm. you know, and right. like scoot us in an opposite direction just because mm-hmm. he's going to play on that intimidation. Yeah. He'll right. play on the fear and he'll play on everything that's he can right, pull all the strings right. and stops. And I'm like, mm-hmm. uh-uh, not today. Right. <laughs> this episode going to go long and we're just going to tell you how it is. And it's going to be awesome because these women are the women to do it. Oh, I love that. <laughs> yeah. 
I'm grateful for you guys in this conversation. And um, if someone wanted to get their hands on one of your studies or just follow you guys online, where can they do that? Yes. So we have a website, just, you know, Google um, at his feet studies online. And we have, you can click on there and get our um, Bible studies. You can learn more about us. We also have this free thing on there too, that you can click and get like a free download of three lessons of our Psalm study and these three beautiful watercolor printables that, you can hang up with scripture on them that are, that are great. They can find, they're all on Amazon, um, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's, it's, and we're also Instagram, you know, out of speed studies. We'd love for you to follow us there and DM us. We get questions all the time and we love that. Like you're not bothering us. Like we love, sometimes we got one the other day, a lady was like, Hey, I didn't understand what you meant by this on page, this and this. And we were like, awesome. And, you know, we hopped on there and answered that question for her. So we want, we're, we are definitely people that want to be available. And so um, Instagram's a way, a great way to connect with us. I love it. Yeah, definitely. We'll link all of that in the show notes today. But you guys, if you're leaving this episode and you're listening and you're like, oh no, I got a question. They didn't answer my question and you're freaking <laughs> out, then totally go and message them because yes. these women are amazing resources and we'll make sure to help and lead you in the right direction. Aww, well, you. I seriously, this has been so amazing. One of my favorite questions to ask at the end of every episode, and I'm really excited to see what your answer is. What are you loving these days? What's something that maybe these listeners don't know about, or maybe I don't know about, mm-hmm. that you have to share with us? It could be a resource, a hair product, <laughs> uh, a shameless plug. It can be literally anything. Ooh, let's see. I like this. I know mine. I think. Yeah, you go first. I am love. So my husband is usually he travels for his job anywhere between two and sometimes five or six days in a week. And so I know everyone is really annoyed with quarantine, but he, I have literally seen him more in the last 53 days than I have in three and a half years. So I'm just loving having him yes. here. It's really Aww. great. You're like, I like Corona. I know. Like, this is great. <laughs> home all the time. <laughs> yes. yes. Oh, Aww. I love that. Yes. Gosh, it's funny because, you know, we're all in quarantine right now. So it's funny the things we're enjoying. And this is going to sound ridiculous. But um, we we have this amazing backyard that backs up to um, a green belt. I mean, it feels like you're in the woods. It's like a sanctuary. But um, we, have you ever used a power sprayer, Rachel? It's like the thing that you... <laughs> oh, a pressure washer? Yes, yes. So you pump, you know, you hook up your hose to it. You create all the power and that thing can clean some stuff. Okay. So I've been out back like whenever I'm like, okay, I'm done because my kids are all, you know, schooling online and I'm working full time as a therapist from my bedroom. And I am like, mama needs to go outside and power wash something. So I have like power wash. I keep boxing Chris. Hey, I'm power washing right now. Do you need something? <laughs> I'm like out there like power washing the back porch. And there's something so satisfying of like, oh my gosh, look, look how clean just, you know, so there's something like, I think we're in this funky time in history where we're all in this weird, you know, same thing every day. You can't see progress, you know, all that kind of stuff. So there's something very gratifying about doing something that you can see a little progress. <laughs> so that's my, um, my yeah, I was about to say, you can't see right progress now. in life. That's right. Right. But yeah. you can see progress on that part. That's right. <laughs> that's right. It's okay. The same thing. So yeah. my husband left for training and before he left, he was like, you know, here is everything. Here's how you use this. Here's how you pay this bill. Like I just had to learn all the things. Sure. Yes. Oh, I adulted so fast. And one of the things he told me I could not touch was our pressure washer <laughs> because it, ours is like gas operated. Oh, yeah. Like crank that thing. Yes. 
And he's like, it's just finicky. It's It can break easily. Like, yeah. you can lose pieces. Just don't touch it. So I was like, okay. Yeah. Well, my dog rolled in poop the other day <gasps> on a walk. Oh, no. And, yeah, the hose was not doing the job. <laughs> oh, no. And I didn't pressure wash the dog, I promise. But I thought about it. Oh, yeah. I was like, yes. I might have yes. to touch the pressure washer. <laughs> and someone was like, my neighbor was like, no, don't joke about that. Like, they're actually really powerful. I was like, oh, he's like, your dog would probably fly across the neighborhood. I was like, okay, we won't do that then. But I thought about it. Oh, really? Like, just break the golden rule. Remy just just got away with his life he doesn't even know exactly it. remy's say is alive because your husband told you not to touch that that's thing. right <laughs> whatever y'all oh my gosh it was yes. yes just the whole thing i'm like thomas come home now yes. come home yeah how long has he been gone um he has been gone for about a month and a half and we oh. have two weeks left on friday oh gosh wow. so yeah I know. I'm like, so, so, so close. Yeah. Selfishly, I'm like, I wouldn't mind for this quarantine to last a little bit longer because now that he's been gone, I'm like, quarantine with my husband kind of sounds romantic. Exactly. I haven't had the opportunity to try it. So I'm like, just, you know, two weeks longer, please. I just want to at least see what it's like. Yeah. And then, and we can go back. Right. But yeah. Oh Mm -hmm. man, y'all. I've just, mm mm-hmm. Learned a lot. I bet you have. <laughs> I bet you have. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Exactly why I love talking about getting in the word because it's the only thing that's been keeping me sane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, and that I sounds bet. so cheesy, but I'm like, mm. when everything gets stripped away, you get asking yourself some real questions. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. And that's true. it's helped to have truth because mm-hmm. I would be cuckoo. Yes. If I didn't have truth. <laughs> I hear you. I don't know how others do it. What? <laughs> Anyways, for real, you guys, new friends. I want to be yes. a part of this. We could be like the Three Musketeers. Yes. <laughs> dynamic duo gets a fun upgrade. And um, I just, yeah, I can't thank you enough for just the conversation today and just spilling all the truth in love with tons of grace. But it was very helpful and mm. practical and wise. And I just want to honor you for that. Well, get, it was a pleasure. This is a pleasure for us. Thanks for what you yes. do, Rachel. So fun. Seriously. Yeah. Total joy. I pray you're leaving today's conversation feeling so equipped, less intimidated than maybe you felt before, and on fire to go and have time with Jesus, to understand Him, to grow more intimately closer to Him, and to be transformed. To get your hands on one of your own At His Feet studies, or to follow Chris and Hope online, head to our show notes at BehindTheBlissPodcast.com. I hope you have the best rest of the week, and we'll see you next time.